Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for February 3. My name is John Mason. It's great you could join us. The saying, patience is a virtue, is attributed to William Langland, found in a 14th century narrative poem. It reflects the Latin proverb, patience is the greatest virtue. But is patience a virtue? And if it is, why is it so? I'll be talking more about this shortly. But first, let me note that the Word on Wednesday is a ministry of the Anglican Connection, which is not just for Anglicans. Everyone is welcome. Furthermore, if you miss the online conference that is in session, you can register for $30 to access the conference in your own time until May 31. You can register at www.anglicanconnection.com. A reading from Mark chapter 1, verses 29 to 39. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighbouring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It is said that patience is a virtue. It's a very old saying from the 14th century, and it's attributed to William Langland. It reflects a Latin proverb, patience is the greatest virtue. But is patience a virtue? Let me suggest that it is the context that helps us understand why it is a virtue. Consider what we learn about Jesus in Mark chapter 1 and the last section of the chapter, verses 29 through 39. Jesus commanded extraordinary authority. With a word he could heal people of all kinds of sickness. Peter's mother-in-law who was sick with a fever, all who were sick with a variety of ills or who were demon-possessed, even someone who had leprosy. As Mark's Gospel unfolds, we are invited to see that into a world plagued by sickness and despair, Jesus brought new hope. But he did something much more. He had a message. Jesus' primary purpose was not simply to come as a miracle worker or social worker to address the physical and mental ills of men and women. He was not a politician or celebrity using his wealth to cure the social evils of a messed up world. Rather, he had come to perform radical surgery for a sick and messed up humanity. He knew, in the words of Jeremiah, that the hearts of all men and women are deceitful above all else. 
Malcolm Mugridge, one time editor of Punch, understood this when he commented that men and women are imprisoned in a tiny dark dungeon of the ego, involving us in the pitiless servitude of the senses. So imprisoned and enslaved, he wrote, we are cut off from God and from the light of his love. Earlier in Mark chapter 1, we read that the central theme of Jesus' ministry was the kingdom of God. His ministry and mission is summed up in these words. The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. At now, despite the pressure of large crowds from Capernaum calling on him to heal their sick, Jesus was resolute. Let's go on to the neighbouring towns, he said, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. I must preach the good news of the kingdom in other cities also. Mark wants us to know that Jesus' mission is bigger than Capernaum, bigger than Galilee, and bigger than healing physical ills. His mission was to impact the world with God's good news, not with a sword or through power politics, but through a ministry that revealed God's justice, compassion and hope. Prayer is another theme we find in this final section of Mark, chapter 1. In verse 35 we read, In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. Jesus regularly took time out to speak with his heavenly Father. When I first started to think about prayer and why I should pray, this verse was very important to me. If the Son of God prayed, I too should pray. Words are central to Jesus' life and ministry. With words of authority, he healed the sick and gave orders to the powers of evil. With words, he taught with extraordinary wisdom and fearlessness about God's kingdom and our need to sort out our relationship with God while there is time. And with words, Jesus regularly spoke and kept his personal relationship with his heavenly Father vital and fresh. As with any meaningful relationship, words are key. It's therefore significant that in his parable of the sower that we read in Luke chapter 8, Jesus explains that the seed is the word of God. When we think about this, we appreciate that Christian ministry, which is to be word centers, is like sowing seed. And just as a farmer needs to learn patience as the seed does its work of germination and growth, so we need to learn patience in building one another up in the faith and drawing others to faith through the ministry of God's Word today. Yes, sometimes there is rapid and exciting growth, but generally coming to faith and growth in faith takes time. And so we are to learn patience in the work of ministry, trusting the Lord to do His work. We're also to understand patience in the development of our own lives as God's people. And this is why we need to pray, keeping our own relationship with the Lord fresh and vital, 
asking him amongst many other things, that he will honour his promise, and therefore his name. We should never forget Jesus' promise that we read in Matthew chapter 16. On this rock, that is, repentant faith in Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, I will build my church, Jesus said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Significantly, in praying for his Colossian readers, Paul the Apostle prays that they, and we, will be strengthened to display great endurance and patience. He prays for the kind of mentality that tackles the tough issues of life, the kind of stamina that perseveres. He asks that God's people will have the resolution and determination to stay in the long-distance race of godly living. How different all this is from the life of our culture, where immediate solutions are demanded, success is lauded, and independence is prized. Paul prays that God's people will have the capacity to survive stressful times with joy, overcome insult with composure, and most of all, know that God can be trusted to be working out His all-wise and all-good purposes, even in the toughest times. The fruit of the Spirit, writes Paul in his letter to the Galatians, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law.
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Lord, you have taught us that whatever we do without love is worth nothing. Send your Holy Spirit and pour into our hearts that most excellent gift of love, the true bond of peace and of all virtues, without which whoever lives is counted dead before you. Grant this for the sake of your only Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Sovereign Lord God, direct with your wisdom and power the leaders of the nations. Lord, give them such wisdom and understanding that they may restrain wickedness and vice and uphold justice and truth through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, the creator and preserver of all humankind, we humbly pray for all who are in any kind of trouble, sorrow, sickness, anxiety, or need. We particularly pray for those who lost loved ones through COVID-19. We thank you that a vaccine has now been produced and pray that it will be made available both speedily and fairly so that all peoples and nations may benefit. Father, we also continue to pray for people who suffer because of injustice, poverty, and powerlessness. Lord, enable us to share with others the material things that they need. Most of all, in your great mercy, bring comfort and hope through the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who died and rose to save us, and give us meaning and hope forever. We ask all this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all people and banish from them the spirit that makes for conflict so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family and in obedience to your laws. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, Andrew Pearson, the Dean and Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, and Catherine Jacob, a member of the Cathedral Ministry Team. The introductory and concluding music is from the Cathedral, under the direction of Dr. Frederick Teardew and Zachary Hicks. The hymn, Come Down, O Love Divine, is sung by the Chamber Choir of St. Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Prayers are drawn from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and the Bible reading is from the New Revised Standard Version. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.